Now, Asia First on CNA 938. First, we check in on the war in Gaza and the broader Middle East situation as well. Uh, the latest attempt at the UN Security Council to call for a ceasefire in Gaza failed again. It was the third time that the United States had vetoed a resolution on a humanitarian ceasefire since the fighting started on 7th of October. Well, the US said the resolution would undermine ongoing negotiations for a hostage release deal. <clears throat> Excuse me, still at the United Nations. Proceedings began on Monday at uh, the International Court of Justice concerning Israel's occupation of the Palestinian territories. And it's a separate ICJ hearing from the genocide case brought against Israel by South Africa. Now joining us for analysis on the latest developments, we have uh, Dr. Eil Mayros, a senior lecturer for Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Sydney. Welcome back to the show, uh, Dr. Mayros. Good to have you on the show. Now, uh, let's start with that UNSC call for a ceasefire, the, yet another attempt, followed by another US veto. Now, it almost seems predictable at this point. Do you see any feasibility at all for a resolution to succeed? And under what conditions might this happen? Good morning. Uh, well, the, after 79 years of the, uh, since the creation of the UN, the Security Council is still either the best or the worst show in town, if you like, because of the highly politicized nature of the, uh, of the council with five uh, permanent members having a veto power. So what the US has been arguing is that there is very uh, sensitive negotiations are going on at the moment in relation to a potential ceasefire and, and a hostages exchange, and that any strong resolution by the Security Council will, will undermine uh, or potentially undermine these uh, negotiations. We don't know, and there's no way for us to know how, how true that argument is or how valid it is. Uh, but uh, it is certainly uh, the case that they are at the moment uh, and negotiations taking place ahead of uh, the holy month of Ramadan starting uh, in a three weeks time or so. And so uh, uh, the Americans are trying to float instead of the resolution that they vetoed, uh, a different uh, resolution that uh, some states have already, uh, or some uh, Security Council members have already uh, said they will, uh, they will uh, veto or vote against. And I'm not sure if this is again, out of uh, uh, concern for the for the future of the of Gaza or for political reasons, so uh, it is hard to to know what is happening behind closed doors. But this is uh, where we are at at the moment. Yeah, meanwhile, the U.S. has put together a draft resolution at the Council warning Israel not to invade Rafah, and because of the, of course, the dire humanitarian situation. How do you reconcile the U.S. position of blocking? those calls for a ceasefire, but at the same time telling Israel not to invade, uh, you know, what, what Prime Minister Netanyahu calls the last bastion of Hamas in Gaza? I think uh, the situation in Rafah is, is kind of uh, uh, the red line for, for uh, the entire world, including the U.S., uh, because of, uh, you know, there's 1.4 million Palestinians there, most of them refugees from the the north and the center of the Gaza Strip, and there's no way for them to go. And so Israel's threat uh, to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, invade, if you like, or go into Rafah, where, which is the, indeed the last bastion of Hamas, 
is understood from the Israeli perspective as, as an attempt to uh, to uh, try and achieve their their goal uh, uh, um, or war uh, goal, but at the same time, there's no way they could do that without causing immense suffering and and death to the already immense suffering of death of in Gaza. So uh, the Israelis have kind of said that they will be uh, allowing or, or evacuating uh, the civilian population from, from Rafah before going in, but no one can see how that can happen. Uh, many, many people there will not be willing to evacuate. And if should Israel go, that will be a, a carnage. And I don't, frankly, I don't see that as happening so close to the holy month of Ramadan because that will just inflame the whole region, including Hezbollah in the north, the Israeli uh, Arabs, uh, Eastern uh, Jerusalem. So I would be extremely surprised if Israel does anything as major as, as defying all the international outcry and going into Rafah so close to Ramadan or into Ramadan. Indeed, um, it, 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 it is a point of concern specifically because of the holy month of Ramadan. But um, while Israel has demanded that Hamas release all those hostages before the 10th of March, uh, lest they result in a ground assault on Rafah, what does the ultimatum on Israel's hand uh, do the prospects of a ceasefire talk make any progress in this time frame? Has it has it quickened the pace and urgency of negotiations? Surely it has, but will it result in um, some kind of pause, perhaps uh, during Ramadan or at the start, at least? Yeah, I think that is the most important question. The Americans have invested in recent days a huge effort uh, uh, to try and then push the sides into into uh, uh, some kind of a ceasefire agreement. Uh, we don't know exactly what they've been offering both sides, but uh, uh, the head of the CIA has already visited the area three times. Uh, and uh, on one hand, there is uh, certainly uh, both willingness and an interest on both sides to uh, reach some kind of agreement. I don't think Israel would want to escalate things uh, before into Ramadan. Uh, and Hamas also uh, needs to, you know, to gain, to have some gains uh, through this uh, this process. But at the same time, it is difficult to know whether the uh, the sides or the or the the, uh, the uh, uh, requests or or the the arguments made by both sides, which have been so far apart, have been made closer in terms of how long the ceasefire will take place, whether and how far Israel would be willing to uh, withdraw its forces, and so on. So uh, this is, a uh, again, I think it is a sensitive uh, situation and a sensitive moment in negotiations, and it would be hard to know whether and how far uh, are we from an agreement. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned a very good point earlier about the CIA chief, William Burns, being there three times. Anthony Blinken has been there a number of times as well. Um, President Joe Biden has um, constantly said something every, at least once a week, telling or once or twice a week, telling Netanyahu 
to calm down on uh, any kind of plans for offensive. But have any of these warnings culminated in uh, listening on President, uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's part? A- at what point will they actually hear the US? Because on the surface, it doesn't look like that's a possibility at all. Well, uh, the Israeli government uh, or or Israel is governed at the moment by a, by a very uh, strongly alt-right government uh, that uh, is uh, struggling to make any any gains in terms of uh, its uh, stated uh, uh, you know objective of destroying Hamas, which I think is a to completely destroy Hamas is impossible. At the same time, Netanyahu is on one hand uh, trying to pacify the Americans mainly and the international community, but at the same time is uh, is a hostage himself by the radical elements in his government. And the last thing he would want to do is to uh, make the government fall over any kind of concessions because then He's exposed to his uh, to his criminal investigation war, something that he's been willing to risk the whole of the future of Israel in order to uh, protect himself. So it is a very problematic uh, situation. The Americans are uh, likewise struggling because of the upcoming uh, elections. And so Biden is very concerned about losing uh, the votes in some a number of uh, key states like Michigan, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And that could determine the uh, who the next uh, US president will be. And uh, so the Americans are really concerned about that and trying to push Israel into more humanitarian aid, less uh, violence, and so on, with only uh, uh, medium, I'd say, success so far. Doctor, the, the Israeli army's most wanted man appears to be Yahya Sinwar, Hamas's leader in Gaza, whom Israel says plotted those uh, October attacks. How politically significant would the capture or even the killing of Sinwar be for Prime Minister Netanyahu? I think because Israel has, has not been able to fulfill uh, its objective and show the Israeli public that they've they've won the war, they are looking for a way to uh, to at least pretend uh, uh, a victory. Uh, one of the uh, potential ones would be to release the hostages, but the, the, the price for releasing the hostages will be uh, very expensive for a lot of Israelis and certainly for the government in terms of releasing uh, thousands of uh, Palestinian prisoners, some of them with blood on their hands and, and pulling out of Gaza. So that's a difficult one. And, and another optional victory would be if they could show that they, you know, either killed, as you say, or, or captured uh, the head of the uh, of the Hamas, Yehissinwar. But uh, how far or how close are, are they to something like that? Uh, it's anyone's guess. Uh, the estimates are that he's hiding somewhere either in Rafah or in Khan Yunus in one of the tunnels, but we don't really know. There's certainly an effort by the Israelis uh, to capture or kill him, at, uh, and, uh, but uh, again, anyone's guess of how how or when or if that will happen. Dr. May Ross, I'm afraid we'll have to leave it there. Your insights have been valuable as always here on Asia First. Uh, you take care and thank you once again for your time. Thank you. That is Dr. A.L. Mayros. He is a senior lecturer for Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of Sydney.